When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week. Here we are on the last day of February. Happened to be February 29th. Always a special day here. We've had that happen here on uh, Voice America when we were under the old uh, channel, in our Fluencer channel that, that we spearheaded back about almost seven years ago. And now here you're with us here at the Business Channel. We want to welcome any new listeners here to Sustainable Success you found us here on Voice America, and you can also follow us on, on Apple and our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to take your business and personal success to the next level. We highly encourage you to follow us there. That way you can share your insights as to what content you would like to see on future shows. We've covered a wide variety of that here, and we're never short on the content that can help move your business and personal success to the next level. So feel free to reach out to us either at chris at christophersalem.com or chris at sustainablesuccess.net. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to generate genuine and authentic relationships with people that you choose to, to talk to. This takes all the noise out of social media because it's a membership program. Yes, this way that you're able to come in on your time to generate these uh, authentic relationships and share the content that you decide that you want to interact with. It also comes along with a wide array of different services that are not available to the general public uh, that could help you in your personal success and in your career or business. And if you like more information about Alumni Direct, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about how to be the manager everyone wants to work for. How many of us that have ever worked for someone? I know I did back in the day that we wanted to work for someone that that we really aligned with, that not only uh, with shared values, but how we saw things, even if we didn't see things from the, you know, always from the same perspective but that we could work together to find resolution to any challenges that we face. Well, we got the right person here today for that. That is going to, has a lot of experience and insight that's going to help you to kind of uh, break that down, especially if you are working for a company right now or working in any organization or a business owner where, you know, you want to be, you know, working for that person and so on. So uh, how you can be that yourself and then attract the right people that are going to align with your vision. So it goes both ways, and we're going to be hearing from that today. We're here with uh, Jerry Quinn. She is a recognized uh, speaker, coach, consultant, and professional development expert focused on small to mid-sized businesses. Her specialties include customer loyalty and the four areas leading to customer loyalty. That's the customer experience, leadership, employee engagement, and marketing to ideal clients. Her work with clients drives improved results and profitability, numbers of raving fan clients, efficiency, employee retention, and positive teamwork culture, and a reduced stressed lifestyle for the business owner. Jerry is committed to the empowerment of business owners and their employees to be leaders in their environments 
and in the world. Her international mastermind groups create cross-cultural understanding, leading to long-term peace in the world. And you're going to learn more about how you can contact her today, which you'll be sharing uh, information from uh, where you can find more information at drivingimprovedresults.com and customerloyaltyplaybook.com. And you'll find out more about those uh, websites in terms of the information that will align with you here later in the show. And without further ado, we welcome Jerry Quinn to the show. Jerry, how are you doing today? Oh, Chris, what what a warm welcome that was. Thank you so much for um, pointing out all those great things about my bio. Uh, sometimes I forget them myself. <laughs> uh, I'm um, pleasantly reminded, and uh, I really thank you for having me on your show because it's a well-renowned show, and, and I feel very honored to be here. Well, thank you for taking time with your schedule. We are so pleasure to have you here with us here today. So let you know, let's kind of dive right into it. You know, well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, you know, the topic that we that we're talking about today, how to be the manager everyone wants to work for. From what I look at it, I see it as like that we gotta now choose to become this manager that we would want to work for. It's an inside job. You know, anything that we do on the inside reflects outward. What would that look like, Jerry, if you want to, you know, talk about that and know if you are, you know, you know, if you're like a manager or a business owner or whatever that title may be, what, what does it take for someone to be, you know, what is that first step, so to speak, that someone should be taking if they want, if they're looking for people that work directly for them, whether if it's an employee or part of their team, or it can even be an alliance partner, whatever, you know, it depends on the situation in business. What would that look like in terms of the first step that that if they were going to get that that alliance and that that you know that partnership field in terms of collaboration? Well, you know that's such a multi-layered question. So yeah. let's take parts of it one at a time. I did a LinkedIn survey just last week, and I found out that twenty-two uh, percent of the people hated it when their manager took credit for their work. And 17% of the people who responded really uh, hated the micromanager. Oh, yeah. But 39% really hated the person who was mean and disempowering. And then some people wished I had offered them the choice of all of the above because an, a toxic manager often comes from a place of toxicity and it impacts all the different areas in which um, that manager and that employee interact. And I, and I get the fact that you're talking about a manager who might be a business owner, or might be a mid-level manager, and might even be two subcontractors who are working together or two business owners that are doing some kind of joint project together. Um, and so how would you like to be treated? You want to be treated with respect, with dignity? You want to be empowered? You want to be pos have a positive sense of the working relationship? Do you want to feel like the other person um, is enjoying themselves and, and sees potential in what you're doing together? Um, so all of these things a good manager puts into place. But I'll tell you the biggest thing about companies today is they don't train their managers. They see somebody who does pretty well in the job and they say, okay, well, let's promote them to manager to uh, help the department work better. It doesn't work that way. Management skills is a different skill set than being uh, something good, somebody good at, at working a technical type of job. And so if someone has a job where they're doing great performing the service, 
That doesn't mean they have the people skills to move into a management role because management is all about people skills. It's the soft skills of encouraging and pulling out people's potential and pushing them to develop, helping them become good decision makers, helping them become critical thinkers, helping them to uh, be creative enough to think of options and then to decipher and think through which options might be best in terms of thinking three steps ahead. And so just being good at, at one job doesn't make you good at being a manager of the team for that, so that kind of work. Yeah, I've seen this even in sales, like where you get a you get a rock star salesperson. They, you know, they crush their numbers for like three, four years in a row. And then just because of just natural, you know, like the hierarchy, well, we got to promote this person. You know, they've done a great job. They deserve it. They get promoted to a, a manager and then it just, everything falls apart. It, it, it's yeah. like they, 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 it, those same skills that they were able to master and that, that don't translate over to the management side. <laughs> of I've seen things. it in tech environments too. So I even have a son who's, um, as an adult, and he's uh, works in, in a uh, as a high level technician in a network environment uh, for a financial planning firm, and he does great work. And he's had positions at Cisco, and and so he's great, and he loves working with the technology. He likes the customer service part of it. He loves troubleshooting, but when management position opened up, for which they would probably would have uh, promoted him to. He declined that. He doesn't want any parts of management because he loves doing what he's doing with the the technical side of his job. And yeah. he sees how managers sometimes get caught in the middle. And I really feel for managers because they do get caught in the middle. I've been in that position in corporate gigs in my life where you want to advocate for the people who are below you, but the people above you are putting things in place, some of which you agree with, some of which you don't agree with. And you're kind of caught in the middle between a rock and a hard place of wanting to represent your team and, and be the um, the advocate for their well-being. And yet you want to help the company fulfill its goals in the way the top management wants you to do it. When maybe you think there may be some other ways to yeah. do it. And uh, yeah, so they're in a sandwich position and it's not easy. It's really not easy to be a mid-level manager. On the other hand, if you get toxic, if you get into protect your turf, uh, like I've seen some managers be, well, I'm going to share how I get things done because I don't want you to replace me. The whole idea of being a manager is to bring other people along so they will replace you because that lets you move up. So if you train someone, to learn how to make those decisions, to learn the critical thinking, to learn the people skills, to learn how to pull out somebody's potential and make them think they can do something uh, or help them do something better than they ever thought they could uh, create for themselves. Um, you know, help them to feel encouraged and positive and look forward to coming to work. And not because you're not holding them to high standards, you are holding them to high standards. Uh, it's because of that that they feel that um, you believe in them, that they can yeah. reach those high standards. And, and that takes a special kind of skill to communicate the fact that I believe you can reach high standards. I'm not just being an ogre. 
I'm being an encouraging promoter of you, of you and your self-confidence. And that's what it takes to be a good manager. That's the manager everybody wants to work for. That's so So true. I propose that people um, look at themselves as a performance coach. And certainly there's a role for manager as trainer. There's a role for manager as um, advocate from, from the higher people above. Or, um, But a good portion of the manager's job is to be a performance coach to help people think through how they can do their jobs well without just saying, do A, B, C, and D, and don't think for yourself. Um, That's not really helping them advance in their careers, helping to develop their potential, helping them to um, get creative and innovative and really contribute to the company in a way that their innovation would be appreciated. So the manager is... Performance Coach is a special kind of coaching training program that I put together that allows um, a manager to change their mindset, to be a little bit more transformative, uh, or they, they transform from the dictatorial type of manager, probably the kind of manager they grew up with coming up through the system, exactly, to the kind of manager that works in today's world. You've got millennials, you've got Gen Z. And they don't want to be dictated to. They want to have a, a say in how things go. They want to be listened to. They want to be trusted. They want to be developed. Uh, and they want you to be your best so that they can be their best. So true. And what would that look like? I, I've been always, a, I always like to use the analogy, Jerry, like, you know, like with a house, right? Nobody thinks about a foundation when it comes to like a house, right? Everyone's thinking about, oh, I want to build this beautiful home or I want to furnish it. I want it to look this way, but nobody thinks about the foundation. It's the foundation that allows that beautiful home to to stand upright, you know, and to Mm -hmm. sustain itself over a period of time with very little to few problems. But if that foundation has cracks, holes or whatever, it's going to have problems and eventually it, it could come crumbling down. And that foundation is again. I always equate, you know, is my my mindset and how I'm thinking and how that impacts <laughs> my beingness to become it, to do things differently, to have different results, and how I communicate better, make decisions, how I take risks, and so on and so on and so on. Share with that, like that 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 evolution of like you said, that manager that you and I and our our, our generation kind of grew up with, and now how it's evolved. That you know that. It's more about leading by example, you know, these days than just directing and telling people what to do. You just took the words out of my mouth because the foundation is the mindset. Yeah. You have, you as a manager have to believe that the people who are working under you can become, um, you can be, can become your replacement and learn to think for themselves that they have the potential to meet high standards, that they can be trusted, um, that they are worthy of respect. And they're not just peons who are, you know, um, kissing your ring, um, but they are the people who are going to make the world a worthwhile place to live in. And that um, you as a manager, your children and your grandchildren will probably work for them someday or people like them. And so, how can you, as part of your legacy, contribute to them by helping them become thinking, caring, empathetic human beings? Well, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. 
And so if you want them to be thinking, caring, empathetic people, then that's who you have to be because that's what they're going to model. You know, in many cases, the when we were coming up through the ranks, we were brought up through the ranks by some people who were probably more di- dictatorial and manage, manage, um, micromanaging than we would have liked. And yet, um, eventually, we got to the point where um, we learned to think for ourselves. I'm wondering if I could have been so much smarter earlier if I had somebody who was much more encouraging. And to tell you the truth, I really didn't like working for other people. <laughs> I just kind of liked working for myself. And so I've done a lot more than that. Um, the corporate gigs I had were not particularly enticing or empowering. And so I abandoned that world pretty quickly. I wanted to work for myself and set my own goals and learn how I could professionally develop myself because I wasn't getting that elsewhere. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying, no, no matter you know where we are, if we're working for someone or if we're not, you know, either way, it's our responsibility, you, the person, to develop yourself. Like, you know, granted, it'd be nice if you have resources from your organization, of course, but you're still responsible for what you're choosing to interact with or looking for to develop Mm -hmm. yourself. Like you said, starting with your mindset and then working on that and then how that plays out into your other areas, how you communicate to yourself and others, your how you lead by example and all the things that you shared uh, so, mm-hmm. so true. Well, just to say, position that, there are some people who want to take the program that I offer and they do it and they pay for it themselves because they realize they're in charge of their own career. And if their company is going to pay for it, great. But if the company's not going to pay for it, they'll just do it themselves because they realize that that's the way they're going to get ahead. You're right. And like you said, it's it's an investment in their career. Yeah. You know, would depend upon where they are and where they want to go, whether if it's in that company or somewhere else. Exactly. Still still investment. No, no doubt about it. It'd be great if if the company does help them do that. That that's, you know, that doesn't come out of their pocket, but but nonetheless, it's either way, it's a good, it's a great investment. No no doubt about it. I know millennials and Gen Z are all about I'm renting myself to my company for as long as they want to rent me, uh, or I feel comfortable there, and then I'm just going to take my services and go elsewhere. That's the career attitude for most young people these days. Exactly. I know we got to go to break here in about, you know, 40 seconds. In 10, 10, 15 seconds, if you can really just sum up the key points that you shared here in segment one of today's show. To be the person everybody wants to work for, develops your own career, and you earn points in the world and in your karma for um, being the manager that trains other managers. I love it. Again, not being dependent upon your employer in itself that you have to choose to invest in yourself regardless if someone's doing mm-hmm. it for you or not. I love that. Love that. Again, for those listeners that are just joining us here, this is a great, great topic that we are talking about, how to be the manager everyone wants to work for. We highly encourage you to listen to the this show in its entirety here later today that will be available on demand here at Voice America Business Channel. We got to go to break, everybody. We got more to come with Jerry Quinn, how to be the manager everyone wants to work for. And we'll be right back after the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Jerry Quinn about how to be the manager everyone wants to work for. Again, this is a really important thing, whether if you are a business owner yourself, a manager, or maybe you're working for someone. It can go either way, but this is such an important topic more than ever in today's business world and also in the corporate world as well. And again, we were with someone who is a professional development expert in this particular area. And again, we highly encourage you. You'll learn more about Jerry here a little bit later when she shares with you how are the best ways to get in contact with you. So, Jerry, you know, you, you had shared some great insights about, you know, the awareness and what it takes, you know, you know, to, you know, be the manager that, you know, everyone wants to work for. What do, what do we have to know about, you know, from a company perspective when it comes to this? Like, you know, you know, companies want to know, you know, hey, how is this going to benefit our organization? How is it going to benefit our customers? Uh, you know, when it comes to retention, loyalty, all the different things, money, profitability, that type of thing. Can you share with that, you know, from that perspective and, and shed some insight? Yeah. So I talk to CFOs all the time and I ask them, you know, what do you see in the company's financials that is not a, you know, a line item, but it's certainly a hidden figure that contributes to line items. Lack of productivity obviously doesn't have a line item, but it certainly contributes to uh, the overall bottom line profitability of a company. Um, Morale contributes to that because it slows down productivity. Uh, bad management creates churn, which, of course, lessens um, uh, retention. And when employees churn like this, then there are all kinds of costs. When you think of what HR has to do to replace a re- an employee who wants to leave because they got to get away from a bad manager, you know, they've got to place the ad, they've got to do some recruiting, maybe call a recruiter. Um, they, then they've got to interview multiple people and get um, uh, other staff involved in interviewing. It costs the company a lot of money to do that. And then if after they select someone, 
Then they have to onboard them. There's cost and time involved in that. And then the new person has to come up to speed, which is a six-month process. Meanwhile, the other employees are covering the slack of the person whose position has been open. And they're training that person, which is slowing them down. And then what about the customer relationships that have suffered because someone left? Whether they were on the customer service team or in a different position, they probably had some kind of uh, customer access through some, uh, maybe through some kind of fulfillment position. And then that um, extra time goes into keeping those uh, customer relationships going. If you've got a toxic manager who's creating conflict, then HR has to get involved and oh, yeah. talk to the person who's uh, been victimized and talk with, you know, work out uh, disagreements. And if it happens repeatedly, that's a lot of HR time that gets involved. And then productivity suffers. You know, you've got inventory tied up if you're in a manufacturing firm, especially. And then, you know, you're measuring uh, inventory turns. And if the inventory turns are slower because you're not getting product out the door very fast, then what happens is you've got extra costs for maintaining the cost of the inventory. And so it just backs up and backs up and backs up when the productivity is low, the morale is low, there's less collaboration, um, and you have less communication, and then you've got conflicts, and then you get quiet quitting. So quiet quitting is when people don't leave, but they've quit inside their own self. They're just disengaged, they're uncommitted, they're doing the minimum to get by, they just want to collect a paycheck and get out of there. And when that happens, productivity is at, at a low ebb and there's no engagement and who cares whether the the uh, the client is well served we're just doing the minimum to get it done and so you know there's no way to run a company and I'm gonna you can talk about all the disadvantages of being toxic but there's a lot of disadvantages just being being mediocre your company doesn't win any points for being the tenth in the dominance of the marketplace. It only wins, wins points when it's first or second in the mar marketing um, domina domination of that uh, industry. And so there's no room for being mo mediocre if you're trying to grow, if you're trying to be the best, if you're trying to be unique in terms of what, you're, what, what you want your company to be. And so if you train your managers and the managers get this attitude that they can really impact the company by increasing the engagement and the commitment, uh, by caring and showing each employee that they have empathy for their own situations. If they help the employee line their personal goals with the company goals, if the manager is really good at, at um, talking about the value system and the vision of the business so that the employees are motivated by that vision and by the values. And if you've got everybody rowing in the same direction, there's so much better communication and collaboration. And, and people get energized. They can't wait to come to work. Absenteeism goes down. Tardiness goes down. And you've got people who are really striving. I'm not talking about the one-off days where somebody doesn't feel very well or their you know, partner yelled at them before they came to work and so they're having a down day. Now that happens to everybody. But on the whole, they're eager to get to work because they know they'll be positively encouraged there. They know that they're working with a 
a a team with high morale. They're looking, they're proud of their contribution. They're proud of their collaboration. Um, and that doesn't mean they're not going to feel bad on a certain day because they didn't, they made a mistake, right? But if the manager is a coaching manager, that manager is saying, mistake is not a bad thing. Well, it's a good thing because you learn from the mistake and then you won't do it again, right? Um, and how, what did you learn? And how can you prevent that from happening next time? And um, and here's some mistakes that I made. And certainly the wisdom here is that if you're smart, you learn from your own mistakes. But if you're wise, you learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And so here are some mistakes that I made that I would love it if you didn't repeat. Because, you know, you stand on my shoulders, please. And so, uh, you know, people will enjoy coming to work. And when they come, enjoy coming to work, then you've got staff retention. And the that's the trick to a, attracting A talent. When you want to attract A talent, it's not going to be attracted by, you know, just being a mediocre company. A talent goes to A talent. I want to work with you because I respect you. So I'm going to be work in the same company that you work at. And people, word gets around inside the industry where the A-talent is. And if you are developing A-talent because you have great managers, then that A-talent is going to say, I want to work there because all the past people work there. And those kinds of A-talent people will be attracted. So you get the bottom line results. You get the staff retention, which means you don't have knowledge leaking out of your organization. You attract the A-talent. You've you're, your company is on the rise just because you invested in managing and training your managers. And so I position myself as an ROI coach. I'm really interested in the fact that if we do an engagement, we're measuring stuff from the first day to the last day and then beyond when people are really implementing because we I want to know that you're getting your money's worth out of all the work <laughs> we've done together. And so I have a track record of having at least 200% up to 900% of ROI in the companies I work with. And so um, all you have to do is have one manager who works with somebody so well that they don't leave the company. You know, they have a track record of leaving and churning companies every two years because they're, they like to do moves that take them up in their career. and. If you can keep that person from leaving, that's one incident of staff retention. You're probably saving that company on a $100,000 salary, $150,000. So if you, because it's one and a half times salary is generally the cost of replacement. Yeah. And so if you invest $1,000 or $2,000 into training a manager, and you can save $150,000 in replacement costs. That's a real good ROI, I would think. Oh, I have very good. <laughs> I think a lot of companies wouldn't would be very happy with that regardless of size. Yeah, yeah so you need to talk to some CFOs. They'll tell you the kinds of uh, before and after sometimes that you can get when the company is not well managed and when a company is well managed. I'm talking about the culture, the, the the whole atmosphere of train, 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 and then promote from within. 
and prepare people for their next role. Uh, so when they do it, they're successful at it and you haven't left all that to chance and you're giving, you know, you're giving them permission to succeed instead of permission to fail. Yeah, no, so true. I think that's great with the input you talked about the CFOs. And do you find that you get great information? Is that across the board, Jerry, with, with you know, CFOs of all type organization, size organizations or more small to mid-sized company level? Well, a lot of times with small companies, you're talking about fractional CFOs. The fractional, yep, exactly. And they, they, you know, have a broader range of experience than sometimes an internal CFO because they've worked in many different environments. And a lot of times they're usually um, people who may have been a uh, a full-time CFO somewhere and then decided to do a consulting firm. And so they're maybe, uh, they're more tenured in the end, toward the end of their career. and um, and so sometimes an in-house CFO who's only been in one environment may uh, not see all the things that add up to a line item on the financials where somebody has been around a little longer and been more exposed to a variety of different companies where they've experienced a toxic company, they've experienced a mediocre company, they've experienced a, a high-performing company. And they get to see see and compare those kinds of financials. They say, oh, okay. So training and development is higher here, but look at all this, all the recruitment fees that we're saving on because we're not having to um, deal with a lot of staff turnover. And yeah. so they'll be able to um, see the ROI in action. No, that's so true. I love, I love what you just shared there. What are some other things like, you know, like, you know, in terms of where, where you shared there, some other organizations, you know, regardless of size can kind of keep their eye on, so to speak, when it comes to, you know, what you're talking about today, like anything else that they feel that could work to their benefit in helping to do this, regardless if those people move on somewhere else or stay with them. Nonetheless, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's actually benefiting their organization. All right. So. Let's talk about succession planning. When you have an organization um, and you're not just having it to live in the moment, you're actually future planning. Um, you're looking at what are the upsides, what are the downsides, and what uh, do I have to be prepared for? And so you look at succession planning, especially the people side of it, and you say, this person is a key person. How am I going to keep that key person? And so you look at um, having stay interviews. Stay interviews are where you talk to somebody and say, um, we're so glad you work here. We want to get your best ideas. I, we want to know how you'd like to see your career develop, how we can be instrumental in making that happen. And um, and then you look at what the employee's goals are and the manager's goals. And then you say uh, to yourself, if you're the business owner, where can I move that person? How can I have them develop their career path inside our organization here so we make the best use of training and, and, and keeping the knowledge inside the organization and keeping this talent inside the organization? And sometimes there's no place for that person to go, um, but sometimes there is. Sometimes you have somebody who's going to be retiring soon and you you're building a ladder so that that person who you think has great potential and is ready is trained to move up into the position that that person is retiring, leaving a gap where they are. And so you're moving the next person up into that gap and the next person into that gap that was just created. 
And so that kind of succession planning is really important if you're a forward uh, looking leader. And then you're looking to, you know, are we going to um, be acquiring another firm or merging with another firm? And what kinds of positions will be needed if if that's part of our a long term goal? If we're going to look to merge with another lead, another group in two years or acquire another group in two years, will we have the talent to um, fill in any gaps that might be created during doing that? And what do we need to train for now and prepare people for now so that they're ready when we're ready? So that's the kind of succession planning that is is important for leaders to look forward to. I love it. I love what you just said there. And I know we're getting down near the close to the break here, but you know, anything that you can now either add or sum up, you know, that really, really brings this home. Why, you know, again, why this is overall a benefit for organizations. It is in a company's best interest in so many, so many, so many ways to train their managers to retain their their employees, to have the culture that you want to create, to um, this advantages of so many in terms of staff retention, attracting best players, bottom line, and then also to just create market dominance through your people. Well, well, well put. And I hope that, you know, that everybody that's listening here, regardless, again, if you are a small business, small company, uh, mid-sized company, even working a large company, this is valuable information here that, again, that you're only going to get, you know, mainly here because we go really deep here at Sustainable Success. And you're hearing from people that do this day in, day out, either from their personal experience or the fact that that this is the area that they serve organizations in. So hope that you are getting a lot of value here from Jerry, because she has more to come when we come back. We got to go to break, everybody. But when we come back, we got more to come to kind of close everything out, which is going to help you to how to be the manager everyone wants to work for and how this can not only benefit you, the people around you, but your organization as well. And what she shared here about succession planning for the next successor as well. With that being said, we got to go to break, but we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life 
and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We are talking today with Jerry Quinn, how to be a manager everyone wants to work for. Today's show, again, is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct, a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types. They also feature a from an athlete to entrepreneur section. Yes, this is for professional athletes from any sport that are now retiring and coming into everyday life to either go work for someone, start a business, a franchise, whatever that may be. But an opportunity now to lock arms with other professional athletes during that transition and a way to create now a connection that will allow you to make that transition more seamless. We know it can sometimes be quite difficult for athletes based upon that's all they know coming out of school. With that being said, if you'd like some more information about Alumni Direct, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. So, Jerry, I mean, just such great information that you've shared here today. Uh, again, we highly encourage listeners here to listen to this show again in its entirety. Feel free to share the show with a colleague, peer, or somebody you work for. Again, this is great information. So, Jerry, talk a little bit about, like, training about when it comes to this, to help managers, business owners, whatever that may be, in terms of the training. What would that look like? and making this really a successful, you know, transition or evolution in this process? Well, I've been doing this a lot of years. I've been doing it since 2006. And even then, before then, I as a serial entrepreneur. I've had six businesses, and I've had a lot of managers that work for me. And so I've made a whole bunch of mistakes, and I've learned from those mistakes. And as I said before, learn from my mistakes. And so I'll share some things which I feel are really important. Training is pedagogical, meaning there's a trainer and a trainee, and the trainer shares things. And that's valuable in that there's a lot that um, can be shared in terms of helping somebody and I get out of a comfortable mindset and into an un uncomfortable mindset um, that uh, they need to be introduced to and they probably wouldn't know on their own. So that's the training portion of it. Another portion of it is how do you get them to implement what they've learned? So what I propose is something that combines and coaching. So the way I set it up is four half, really five half days of training. And it's interactive training. It's not just me talking. It's all of us um, doing some exercises and activities, as well as me sharing some things um, via workbooks and slides so that um, I broach different um, subject areas uh, in, in this manager as a performance coach. Uh, but then there's several coaching sessions too, one-on-one. -on -one. I keep the group small to eight participants, and then I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. 
How do you take what you've learned and put it into practice inside your own environment? So when you ask people to for, um, go through a coaching process with one of their employees, they're going to screw it up the first couple of times. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have run into hurdles that we didn't talk about in class, right? And so they need a chance to come back and talk to um, the person who's leading the group, which is me, and say, um, yeah, well, this happened. What do I say when they say that? You know, um, or what do I have? What happens when my boss says X, Y, Z, and I'm trying to take some time to coach them, but coach my employee, but my boss wants things done faster. Um, coaching a lot of times um, and forming that relationship with an employee takes a little longer, better results. And occasionally, you know, you have to speed through some things because there are some deadlines you have to meet in business. but um, you can expect that some things might take a little longer in the beginning, but then, you know, sometimes people get so well, their the employee gets so well-trained that they can do it on the, their own without all, any help at all from um, their manager, which leaves the manager free to do some strategizing and things to run the department as opposed to um, micromanaging mm. or babysitting or coddling the employee who has an eight-step process and gets seven steps right and misses the last one all the time. So you you want to have a, a training coaching program that involves both so that it actually gets implemented. And what good is training that, you know, people get so much left on their desks while they're away from their desks that when they get back to their desks, they never get to implement anything they learn because they're so busy catching up. And that doesn't work. And so I keep the training sessions to half days because a lot of times managers can't leave for a full day. Um, and if they were really good, they would have an assistant. They would be bringing somebody along to be like an assistant manager. And some companies have that and some don't. Um, the assistant manager can actually take over for a day, half a day or a day. But in many companies, that doesn't happen. They haven't learned to delegate that much. And so um, taking them away for a full day um, just doesn't work in, in many environments. So I keep it to half days, and then I introduce coaching uh, and implementation plans and feedback from the implementation plans. And then the group gets together again to measure everybody's project and to, for everybody to learn from each other, the eight people that are in the class then start to learn from each other. Well, I did this and I did that and it worked and it didn't work. Um, and so there's a lot of learning that happens in the class coalescing again to learn from each other. And a lot of times they stay friends, whether they're from the same company or different companies. Uh, they then become friends because they had this experience together and they become accountability partners. So accountability is a big deal. Okay, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to make myself into a better manager. I'm going to do each one of those once a week. Um, yeah, well, hold, who's holding you to that once the program is over? Well, if you have accountability partners who are also there in the group and you have a, these accountability partners form relationships, then they can hold each other accountable and um, help each other. Uh, like I ran into this situation, but do you remember what Jerry said when we were in class? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we. I let me give that a try. Or what did you try? What worked for you? 
And so the, the learning continues because it's never a straight linear path. It's always a jagged path with ups and downs. And hopefully the tra trajectory of that path is upward toward um, self-development and managerial skill development and people skills development and greater levels of em empathy and greater levels of being able to have coaching conversations. Um, but it's never a straight linear path. Got it. Got it. I like that, that it's not like, it's not always, you know, like, like cookie cutter, like it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got. What you shared there. So important. So it's not one size fits all, but you know, things that could adapt to where these mm -hmm. managers are or, you know, where they desire to go. Yeah. And so one of the things that I like to, um, share is that when you're helping people transition from one style to another style, um, you have to give them a scaffold. You have to give them a ladder from which to start to work. They're not going to build a whole structure without a scaffold to get started with, and then they can fill in the rest of it as they go, as they get more experience with it. So the scaffold I'm talking about is an eight-step conversation process. So how do you uh, have a coaching conversation if you never had one before? Well, I give you models and we discuss models, but then how do you take that model and apply it to yourself? Well, in this eight-step coaching process, we go from how to open the conversation um, by being positive and encouraging and making a connection to describing what a problem is that the person is trying to create a solution for to evaluating what are some of the options of that uh, that that can be thought of. And then thinking, well, if you chose this option, where would it lead? If you chose that option, where would it lead? Okay, so you choose this option because it leads to a better place. And then what, um, what kinds of things can you expect next? And then how will you evaluate whether it's been successful? And then... At the end, evaluating the success or the failure of it and say, what was the learning from this experience? What did you learn? What will you try next time? Um, and people a lot of times won't jump into something that they're not encouraged to because they don't believe they can. And with this coaching conversation, they learn that, yes, I it's hard. I don't know if I can do it, but with your encouragement, Oh, all right. I'll give it a try. I'll make, take the action. I'll implement it. And a lot of times fear is their worst enemy because, you know, it's, what they were fearful of didn't materialize and they're actually a lot more capable than they thought they were. Wow. And that's exactly what the manager wants to get across. You know? Yeah. You have more potential than you even think. You have capabilities that you don't even think about. Um, though all those people who think that they have imposter syndrome, they really don't because they are quite capable. Oh, absolutely. And, I found um, that too. So true. Yeah. Wow. Just really, really in insightful what you shared and, and so true. And I know there's so much more we can expand on this, but I know we're getting close to the end of the show here. And I wanted to maybe leave this time that you could share with the audience more about you know where they can contact you first obviously what you know more about your program and your programs in general like what you know what that looks like and what anything you like to offer to the audience 
Sure. So the manager is a performance coach, which is all about becoming the manager you want to become, everyone wants to work for, or having managers under your employ that everybody wants to work for. Um, is a program that I'm going to be offering a number of times this year. The first cohort is going to be in April. And to get all the details and to find out if you're a good fit for the program, you should email me, jerry at drivingimprovedresults.com. So it's jerry, I spell it like R-I, at drivingimprovedresults, with an E-D, results, with an S, dot com. And certainly that's the name of my website, drivingimprovedresults.com. And uh, so please um, contact me there. And I'd be happy to fill you in. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm having a number of different things on LinkedIn uh, that will explain the program. And you can certainly direct message me on LinkedIn. Uh, my it's under the name Jerry Quinn. And I ex encourage you to because I've been doing this a long time. And there's not much I haven't seen. Not many excuses that I haven't heard. Um, and I know that business owners are interested in ROI. And I know that this kind of program can produce a great deal of ROI uh, just by training the people who need training, who are attracting the best talent into your company and, and making workflow happen. Wow. Because people don't quit companies. People quit managers. That is so, so true. To work for, <laughs> nobody will quit. That is so true. Well, I know we got a minute left. I First of all, I wanted to thank you for taking the time for being here out of your busy schedule to share with us this insightful information from your personal experience and from all of us here at Voice America Business Channel and our audience. We want to thank you personally. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to, um, to address your audience and uh, to be able to... Um, Put out into the world, you know, you said at the top of the show that uh, my personal purpose is about empowerment. And I've been empowering leaders and even students when I was a teacher and a therapist and all those things that were in my background. It was all about empowerment. And now I'm really focused on empowering managers because my legacy, I'm not spring chicken anymore, so I'm interested in legacy, right, is to empower managers who then empower their people. Yep. And those people empower either their children or the people that they eventually yep. man, uh, manage because they will rise inside yeah. organizations. And eventually somebody's grandchild is going to cure cancer or Absolutely. solve the problem of world hunger or create all lasting peace in the world. And so if I yep. can even do a little, little bit to uh, empower that in the world, then I have lived my life well. Well, great. Well, we want to thank you again, Jerry. Thank you so much. And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here with Sustainable Success. Again, we are committed to bringing subject matter experts like Jerry in each and every week to share their words of wisdom and insights to help move your business and personal success till the next level. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday here at 3 p.m. East Coast time, 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. Enjoy the rest of your February, what we have left, and welcome March. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Have an incredible week.